Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. I'm Pat Contry. I'm guestless this week. I'd say three quarters of the time on this podcast, I have guests. Ian last time showed up for a special talk that you know we didn't want to have to do, but we had to given the circumstances. I mean, didn't want to in terms of it was rough, but you know, talking about uh, Justin Carmichael. But now we're back to the regular comings and goings of Castle Country and what's been going on. Place is still being worked on. I'm still trying to get stuff done. I'm still trying to get my Twitch up and going. More details on that later. Still working on a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. But I had a fun weekend. I saw Avengers Infinity War. Saw that on Thursday night. There was a 10.30 showing. Ian and Vani went to there as well. They were actually behind me. One of those theaters that has, you know, stadium, kind of stadium-style seating, but you choose your own seat. So you're buying a, a specific seat. And you can get alcohol and you can get drinks and good food uh, during it. So, so that was all good. So I got my brownie Sunday. I was in the first row, though, unfortunately. Some of the caramel popcorn they put with the brownie Sunday, which wasn't a bad idea. In theory, it wasn't popped, so that was bad. But I watched Avengers Infinity War. And you know what? It was good. Was it my favorite out of these, what, 19 MCU films since 2008? Absolutely was not my favorite one, which I'll get into why. But it was probably still top five for sure. People like top five lists. Okay, here's Pat's, I guess, top five uh, Marvel MCU movies. You want to do five or six? All right. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is still absolutely number one. I would then probably go Captain America Civil War. I would then probably go uh, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Um, And then probably this movie would be fifth. Or, Or maybe this one is third or fourth. I think the last three, Black Panther, Guardians, and, um... What was the last one? Black Panther Guardians. Oh, Avengers Infinity War. You can probably swap those around a bit if you had to. If you want to round up a top 10, I'd put probably the third Thor movie in there. I would put in Guardians 2. Spider-Man Homecoming would be in there somewhere. Um, and then after that, they sort of fall off fall off a bit. Ant-Man probably would actually make and top the top, top 10 with, with Doctor Strange in there. You know, that's like the top half. And the bottom half... Yeah, the first the uh, the first Avengers movie is not that good to me, not at all. Um, Iron Iron Man two is the worst by far, not even close. And and that's also the movie that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of them. You could even say that Thor two isn't that good, but at least Thor two has some connection to the rest of these. That the there's like an Infinity Stone at least turn up in Thor two with with the elves, which by the way they actually reference in Infinity War, so it's funny. Because like that's sort of like the forgotten about movie. Iron Man Two is never referenced because nothing fucking happens. In Iron Man Two, they just shit that out to get that out right away. But critics like it. Eighty four percent on Rotten Tomato for Infinity War. The critics' consensus is Avengers: Infinity War ably juggles a dizzying array of MCU heroes in the fight against their gravest threat yet. And in this results, and the result is a thrilling, emotionally resonant blockbuster that mostly realizes its gargantuan ambitions. Mostly, so that's the consensus. It's not a perfect movie, absolutely not. When you have 30 characters that you are playing and bouncing off of, it's a miracle that this movie is even good at all. If you want to argue, well, you know, it's a three stars out of four or three and a half or, or four. I, the fact that the Russo brothers pulled this off and made it even watchable is amazing to me. Two and a half hours, it did not feel that long. It felt like a shorter movie. It felt like it could have went longer. I would love to know if there was a director's cut out there somewhere to get more character interaction between some of the heroes. I mean, some heroes got, I thought, I thought short change. Captain America doesn't show up for at least like about a half hour, 35 minutes. And it seems like he has 12 lines, the whole movie, it, it, you know, there, it, there's only so much you can do with all these characters and, and no time to play, play with. Um, there's usually four or five. While the movies were going on, there's like four subplots happening at the same time. There's like four different groups. You have like Thor and the Guardians, um, and then you have Spider-Man with Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and then you have the Captain America group 
with um with Black Widow and Falcon. And then you have another subplot going on. This is all before they get to Wakanda, you know, halfway through the movie. Um, then you have Vision and Scarlet Witch. And, of course, they meet up and interact with each other. And then you have uh, yeah, Hulk's hanging out here and there. He starts with... Oh, this is spoiler-heavy. Uh, Hulk starts with uh, leading off from the end of Thor Ragnarok. They get invaded by Thanos and his and his uh, his cronies there. Um, and then they split her off, and then he joins up. And... and while you're watching this, you're, I guess, not that you're shocked that you're seeing this unfold, but I don't even think 10 years ago, like we knew that they were building towards this moment going back to like 2000, what, nine or 10 when they spelled out um, all these movies, not to a T all these movies, but they knew that they're going to work to this Infinity War part one and two, like six, seven, eight years ago. They knew before the first Avengers movie and they started making that in like 2000. They started writing in 2010, but 2011, they started producing it um, even before that. So they knew this was coming. This this is a, a monumental feat, just not for the, for the fact that it's a superhero uh, crossover movie that's gigantic, but just for movies in general that they got to this point. Over 19 movies, they were consistently all good, even the worst. Even I say Iron Man 2 is a bad movie. Just compared to the rest of the Marvel movies, it's bad. But you can still watch that movie and say, oh, okay, at least it's competently made. There's a plot holes. It's obviously rushed. But at least this is a... It, it's not like a 1 out of 10. If you want to say it's like a 5 out of 10, argue that. Like it's just average or slightly below average. Yeah, probably. But it's a miracle that they've been this consistent. By the way, I'm wearing my Captain America pants, PJ pants, and my Hulk shirt, which kind of looks like me. Uh in celebration of this conversation, right? But when I'm watching this movie, I'm just sort of in awe that again that it even got made. They've only added, they've only swapped out two actors for roles in ten years, um, and that was because of, you know because one guy they didn't like working with Edward Norton as as uh, Bruce Banner, and then um, they swapped out War Machine because I guess of a contract dispute. They didn't have him sewn up for more than one movie, which I always thought was weird. I, I believe so, and got Don Chino in there. Uh, I always thought Terrence Howard was probably would have worked better for me at least as War Machine, but whatever. So other than that, though, it's been consistent. It's been consistent. You've had very good um, ways of introducing these characters. I mean, Civil War introducing not just one but two characters and giving them characterization within that big movie in and of itself was was great. Getting that, getting Spider-Man on the right track doing justice to all these characters. I never would have imagined 10 years ago we'd have, you know, a Thor movie, a Doctor Strange movie, Guardians of the Galaxy film, two of them. Ant-Man. I mean, these were not popular characters at all before these movies came out. These were B... Thor and Iron Man were B characters in the Marvel Universe. They were not the upper tier. They were not. Do not kid yourselves at thinking that. They were not commonly known... Uh, to children or to non-comic book fans. They just weren't. They they sort of fell down. You always had like the big ones, Captain America, Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine. Like those were the, like the, 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 the A-listers in, in the Marvel Universe. They used to be Fantastic Four and they sort of fell off the map too. Two or actually three bad movies from Fox notwithstanding. Uh, so it was a miracle this got made. It was a miracle. It was that well made. And the, the caveat to all this is that I was in the front row. So even though the seats went back like this, uh, uh, there was the action was too big where your head scanning and panning back and forth, pan and scan mode, like top secret episode. And I did not see all of the action. It was hard to follow because, again, it was so up close. But for what I saw, the action was well choreographed. The highlight was probably the Iron Man, uh, Star Lord. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Drax, and Mantis fight against Thanos on on planet Titan. Enthralling, well-mapped-out fight scene. You could follow the action. Even I could kind of follow even though it was like two feet in front of my face. Uh, Iron Man one-on-one and and Doctor Strange one-on-one versus Thanos were fantastic fights. You wish they would have went longer. By the way, Doctor Strange, uh, he did some cool magic in his movie, which... It felt like it came out two years ago. It just came out last November. Um, 
but even that, or no, two Nomadvers ago, a year and a half ago. But even that film seems like like it didn't do Doctor Strange justice. But this movie sure as hell did because the, the the tricks you saw Doctor Strange show off again. This is a guy I never thought I'd see a movie of about. Uh, War fa- was was enthralling to see that it, the amount of uh, the fights him versus uh, what Maw, one of uh, Thanos is what, what they call Black Knights, the four Black Knights. They didn't have a good characterization on those Black Knights. Uh, oh, the Black Order. The Black Order. So Thanos has his four thugs to help him out. I think there was five in the comics. And they're mostly just cannon fodder, except for uh, Maw, who's like a telekinetic wizard. So he has some cool moments, and he got some good dialogue. Uh, let's see. Proxima Midnight's one of them. Um, I don't think they even said the names of most of them until... I think you just heard, heard about Maw. Ebony Maw was one of them. Corvus Glaive, uh, was that the, uh, was that the, the, I guess the generic one who gets injured and comes back and gets, gets killed by, uh, Vision and Black Dwarf, I guess he's the big one. Is he the big one who's sort of like the, a good counter for the Hulk? The Hulk's too scared because he gets his ass kicked by Thanos, which I thought was a good way of keeping Hulk out of it. By the way, I mean, the trailers like lied so much in these movies. There's like five or six shots in the trailers that don't happen. In this film, and even the lines, they didn't use those takes. Like, and Black Panther goes, and get this man a shield. That was not the take they used. There was plenty of takes that show up in the trailers that are alternate takes that they ended up not using for the film. Which I just thought that it happens from time to time. Like one of the worst ones is um, in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. The end of the, one of the trailers, it goes, "You're a you're a teacher." He goes. Part time, in the movie, they did not use that take. In the movie, he goes, "Are you a teacher?" He goes, "Part time." So the tone and take was totally totally different for some whatever weird reason. So there's moments like that that happen, but for the most part, you don't feel cheated, even though there is like an iconic shot of all the heroes in Wakanda marching, you know, all in the same frame. You should know almost better that that would never be a moment in the movie that we're like all nine heroes were in the shot together. But Hulk is definitely not in that. I mean, they kept a good secret that Bruce Banner was the one in the Hulkbuster armor the whole time. Um, let's go to let's go to the IMDb's just to make sure that I have it all straight. Josh Brolin, fantastic job, second MVP, Doctor Strange MVP, Thanos MVP of the film, uh, Tony Stark Iron Man. Uh, Josh Brolin did motion catch, capture. The CG was so good, at least from what I saw. Again, probably did get the best look of it because it was too much in front of my face and I couldn't separate out what was going on as much as I could. But the CG from Thanos was spot on. Like the difference between Steppenwolf from from uh, Justice League and Thanos was it wasn't even close. It wasn't even like the movies were made in the same decade to me. But they did motion capture with Josh Brolin, so he was always on set. Obviously, it's voiced by him, and you get his facial movements and. and you know his structure somewhat. They they even changed how Thanos looked. Thanos has made three appearances in these movies, going back to the cameo in Avengers where it was as a placeholder. Then he shows up. What he shows up in in Guardians for a little bit. Uh, you know. Then I think there's a cameo in another one. So this this is like his third full appearance or second full appearance, but maybe third or fourth. So finally, they realized okay, we got Josh Brolin to do this. We got to change how he looks. So they altered how he looked a little bit. Um, this game was more purple than blue. But just a just a great job all around by Josh Brolin, like really an emotional performance. Um, and they gave a good characterization to Thanos for his actions because honestly, in the uh, Infinity Gauntlet uh, story, um, which this is loosely based on, Thanos doesn't really have a good reason to want to destroy everyone. He wants to impress the the human form or the whatever the anthropomorphized version of death which is like a like a female with a cloak on and he wants to just get closer but she keeps rejecting him and that's his reason for doing all this and it's like and they couldn't put that on film they couldn't this the same way i guess they thought the civil war conflict would not work on film there's too many other heroes involved that get killed and other things happen that was to me a good proper way of translating that story arc into this i think this was a very good job of translating Thanos' motivation into the movie realm. And he was more interesting, I think, for that. He was more well-rounded. Now, you can have the argument about, well, why isn't... He, Thanos has all this power. 
why doesn't he just you know make uh, meatballs rain out of the sky to feed everyone instead of worrying about resources going to shit and all these planets and overpopulation? I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, you wouldn't have a movie. That's the that's the answer. You wouldn't have a movie at that point. Um, yeah, they did they did a good job. Loki gets killed. He's done. The Gamora thing I thought was shocking. To I could see that sort of coming, uh, just because you had to know there was a good reason why she wanted Peter to kill her, not and not get caught up with Thanos for the location. But I was like, eh, there's there's something coming here. And then once. They said you have to trade a life for the uh, trade a soul for the soul stone. I'm like, okay, she's dead. And it was nice to see uh, nice to see Red Skull come back. That was sort of a shock to the audience. Even though I think half the audience didn't realize who he was, because I honestly think at this point half the audience has only seen these Marvel movies over the past couple years and didn't see those early early ones from 2011 that are almost unrecognizable by now. When Captain America came out, like you almost can't look at the first year. You, the, the movies up to the first Avengers movie are almost totally different than the ones afterwards when you look at them in terms of. The budgets are totally so much more now overall. And just how they feel. And I guess they've really got their style down in terms of uh, action versus characterization versus humor. Like they really had the formula. At this point, 19 movies, they have it set. By the way, the humor um, was almost all, I think, not overwhelming. I mean, you're going to have humor in all these Marvel movies, even in the Civil War which was bleak, and this is a bleak movie, you're going to have humor. It's a comic book movie. There was only one or two times I thought it was inappropriate. The The big one being the big uh, battle at Wakanda to basically, you know, save the universe because they can't get the Vision, try to keep Vision away and protect them. Um, like, during the middle of this fearsome battle with all these ugly alien mutants attacking, you know, you hear little teenage group go, I am Groot. And Steve Rogers goes, I am Steve Rogers. And there's, uh, it was still entertaining, but come on, you gotta, they're just like almost getting killed every second. I'm not sure they have time for comic relief in the middle of the battle. That aside, that's a minor quibble, minor quibble. The fact that the, again, that the Brewster brothers could write a movie like this, get all the actors in place to do this. And they shot these back to back, which I guess they had to with, you have literally, the, the main characters, there's like 20 of them. So you're going to have to be able to do that. Um, get them all involved. It was remarkable. And, and, and every hero got some chance to shine and show off their powers and abilities. You know, even Falcon got to do his thing, shooting up those alien guys. Um, War Machine got a lot to do. He helped stave off the attack for a while. Um, you have, uh, let's see. What's their name? The general of the... Uh, Dora Milaje got a chance to show off and do her thing. And then Black Widow. And then uh, Scarlet Witch did a lot. I, I, I heard from Ian that Ian said Vonnie thought that she was underpowered or they toned down her powers. Now, she did a decent amount. She 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 held off Thanos with a spell. you know. So she did a lot. I thought Spider-Man has been underpowered in all these movies. I mean, there's... And that's what pisses me off because it, it, if you want to talk about powerful, you know sort of guys in terms of brute in terms of brute strength Spider-Man out of all the heroes that have shown up in these Marvel movies Spider-Man is only less powerful than Hulk less powerful than Thor uh, and that's really it and probably maybe Iron Man with his whatever tech he's using with his state of armor but that's it he can wax all these other guys easily so there's a moment where like uh, Peter Star-Lord gets Spider-Man and threatening to shoot him in the head. And all I'm thinking of, first of all, Spider-Man's so quick and so strong that he can move and snap off his arm without even a, without Star-Lord even knowing what's happening. So that's just sort of annoying to me that they're underpowering Spider-Man to that extent. I'm not saying he's got to be as powerful as the comics all the time, be that quick and that powerful and have the webs. But Spider-Man has a lot of brute strength. He can lift like 10 tons. You know, he's not he's not a nobody. He, he's stronger, way stronger than even Captain America, pound for pound. Not even pound for pound. Just, he just is. He's like five to ten times stronger than Captain America. You know, so it is what it is. Uh, the performance is all good across the board, obviously. I talked about Josh Brolin, Gamora, even the actress who plays Nebula from Doctor Strange with the red hair, I forget. Uh, Karen Gillan. That's why I have IMDb open in front of me. Everyone was good. Like I said, I thought Captain America got shortchanged in terms of what he had to do. But uh, it is what it is. 
unless this movie's three hours or like Return of the King, three and a half hours, you're you're gonna lose out on some of that. So, so hats off to them. Now, if you want my now in terms of the movie being a downer, having a bleak ending, it's been known for a while this is gonna be a part one. I'm kind of glad they didn't call it Infinity War Part One, so that you knew Part Two was coming in a year. This is the first half of a movie. It's the first half. And yes, there are movies coming out in between. You have Ant-Man coming out, but that's supposed to be, I think, a prequel to this that takes place before this movie takes place in the timeline. And then you have Captain Marvel, which I think is supposed to take place in the 90s. And that comes out um, next February or in the fall. I forget. I think it's next February. Or like the, or like the yeah, it's going to be like the early Marvel movie of the year, I believe. Yeah, because there's three Marvel movies a year as of now. And Ant-Man comes out in like August. So, um, what was I going to say? Got a headache. I should have ate something before I recorded. I'm recording late. I had a, had a visitor stop by for a bit. Um, so, you have the part two coming out next year. So, spoilers. Most of the heroes get wiped out because Thanos claps his hand, snaps his fingers, and, and destroys half the people that, li- that are existing in the universe. It's interesting that the ones that remained were, at least from I saw, uh, Bruce Banner, Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, uh, Thor, um, and then we presume Hawkeye and Ant-Man are okay, but let's just assume those are the seven that are okay. Those are all the same Avengers that were the original Avengers in part one. Plus, plus, if Ant-Man and Wasp, which I think it's confirmed that they're going to show up for part two. If they show up, what that means is you finally on screen have all the original Avengers plus Hawkeye and Black Widow, the original Avengers from the movie. So the original Avengers... If you count issue four when Captain America comes back and gets, you know, found from the ice um, and thawed or whatever, the original Avengers were uh, Ant Man, which was Hank Pym, but Scott Lang now, Ant Man, Wasp, Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk. Those are the original Avengers, and then six if you added Captain America at issue four. Those are originally the original six. So I was pissed at the time that they were not the original ones for the movie. I'm like, come on, guys. You got to get them in there. Took them a while to work them in. So you're going to get the original six Avengers. And then you're going to get Hawkeye, who was part of the second run of Avengers once they got, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision in there. You're going to get those six teaming up plus Hawkeye, who's hanging out with his parents or those parents, his family. <laughs> He's hanging out with his parents. And also uh, Black Widow, who was not an original Avenger, was not an Avenger forever. But so so you're gonna have those eight, and I think that's great because you'll be able to focus on those eight, and that's gonna be the last time you see them all together. And plus, again, you get the original Avengers team that I'm gonna, you know, change my pants about because, you know, I don't know why I'm a, I'm such a MCU fanboy, but whatever. The whole point is this: that'll be the last time you see them, and I think you're gonna see, um, I think you're gonna see Cap get killed. I think he's gonna sacrifice himself, and the whole theater is gonna be weeping. And I think Iron Man will probably survive as a mentor figure. And sort of semi-retire with these films. That's what I think is going to happen. Or they'll kill off both of them. But most of the other ones will stick around. I think they're going to do a Black Widow movie. So she's going to survive. Hawkeye, they're going to probably retire for good. And then obviously Ant-Man and Wasp are going to stick around. So I think that was interesting that they did that. But not many have pointed that out. That yeah, most of those... Uh, most of the characters that got killed or disappeared or flaked away into ash after the end of Infinity War, those are mostly the newer characters that they've established the last three three years or so since Avengers Age of Ultron, which was only three years ago. It feels like it was longer. Um, so I think that's a cool cool idea. You have a much more focused movie for, the, uh, for part two. Hats off. Russo Bros. I gotta see it again just so I can fucking see the action and see the cool Doctor Strange fight up close better. So, so that's uh, yeah, that's what's going on with me. This is a weird, uh, not so common podcast, but there's some few other topics I want to touch upon. What do you? What did you think about Avengers: Infinity War? Let me know in the comment section. 
if Pat knows what the hell he's talking about. Let me tell you all about Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care for the 21st century. Instead of heading out to see the, the eye doctor every single year to renew your prescription as required by law for something you wear every day, just take a few minutes out of your day and do it on your own time. How does it work? Well, when you need to renew your prescription, just take a five-minute vision test from your phone or computer. It's then reviewed by a licensed eye doctor. You'll then receive a renewed prescription, and you can reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. <laughs> Have an unexpired prescription? Just upload a photo of your doctor's information, and you can order your lenses. It's convenient. There's so many things demanding your time. Contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. With simple contacts, you can renew your prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere. In minutes, again, no more doctor's office, no more making appointments, waiting for all that. It's fast, takes less than five minutes. You'll save a ton of time. It's reliable. It's been designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists, and they review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. Uh, Simple Contacts has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price. They've been rated five stars, five stars over 3,000 times on the App Store. You can text with a support team and always get to speak with a person, not a robot. With summer coming around the corner, there's no shortage of reasons to have contacts on hand. You don't want to dive into the ocean or dive into the pool with glasses. No, you need contacts for that. Simple Contacts can update your prescription, and you can stock up on contacts for the summer. The vision test is only $20. It's a lot more, a lot more, especially without insurance when you go in to an eye doctor with, with an appointment. The contact lens prices are unbeatable. Standard shipping is free. And best of all, there's now a promotion. You, you guys can cash in. <laughs> so what you can do, what you can do right now is you head over to simplecontacts.com slash not so common. Enter code not so common at checkout and you can get $30 off your contacts order. Again, go to simplecontacts.com slash not so common. Enter code not so common at checkout and you'll save 30 bucks. Remember, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. So this is just to renew your contact prescription. So make sure you still see that good old eye doctor once a year. And this is only to renew your prescription. Again, this is not for brand new eye prescriptions. It's just to renew your contact prescription. So check it out. Simple contacts. Ordering contacts online. It's never been easier. Uh, some sad news. Someone tweeted this at me. Total Biscuit, who's a big uh, gaming critic, reviewer, PC stuff. I think we usually he, he focused on. He had an announcement. And we've, and we've talked about Total Biscuit in the past. Idiots have gone after him for bad reviews that they disagree with, like developers. And we've covered him in the past. Um, he announced that um, bad health news. I mean, it's been it's been known that his health was not in the best, that he had cancer for at least, I think, a couple of years. It was known two to three years. And he announced that he went to the hospital a week ago, and then it was announced that his chemotherapy effectiveness is gone. So the chemotherapy is now immune to, which is not good if you're trying to, you know, kill off cancer. He said, my body has become resistant to all forms of it, according to my oncologist. 46 chemo treatments, Jesus. Says my, he said, my liver, this is on his Reddit thread, uh, my liver is failing and its effectiveness has lowered past dangerous for even the terminal. Obviously, we're going to keep looking for other trials, but I'm currently coming to terms with the fact that I don't have long left. And right now, at any rate, there's literally nothing I can do about it other than try to manage the pain as best as possible and stay as hydrated as possible to ease the pressure on the liver. Whew. That's what it comes down to now, getting my quality of life to as good a standard as possible. So he's going to basically retire as a game critic, but I think he's going to try to do other things because he still wants to make a living for him and his family, like uh, keep up with Twitch. And I think he has that podcast, the co-optional podcast, I believe. So um, he's not asking for any personal support other than checking out, you know, I guess sponsors and still uh, listening to his stuff and watching his stuff. He's not going to do a GoFundMe and he has merch. Um, so yeah, it's sad. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a big guy in the community and he, he has, a, he's ethical. He's, he sticks by his guns. He's, he's very intelligent. He's entertaining. I have not seen a lot of his stuff, but from what I have seen stuff he's covered on the podcast, you know, we're talking about grade a stuff right there. 
Um, and I guess when these moments happen, you put life into perspective. You know what you can lose, and you know what's really important. And I guess I'm, 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 I'm guessing that since he's been struggling this for a while, he's already done that. He's he's put his thoughts in order about it. I want to enjoy what I have left, and that's what from what I've seen he's he's been gearing towards that for a while, even before this point in time. So that all you can all you can hope is that he's at peace with his condition and that he enjoys the rest of his days uh, as best he can with his family and his friends. And uh, I don't know how I take the news if I would be angry about it and be like. You know, fuck the world. How dare, how dare this happen to me? Or be sort of, you know, turned off to the fact that I can't at least to me enjoy the last last of my days. But having a positive approach like that, that's the best you can do. It's the only thing you can hope for. It's positive thinking and trying to enjoy what's left. So, not sure what else I have to say about that. It's just a, it's just a shame. He's not that old of a guy. He's obviously very talented. He's got tons of followers that love him. You know, million million plus what followers on on uh, on YouTube. He's got seven hundred thousand Twitter followers. For God's sake, two point two million. The cynical Brit. Yeah, he's got his podcast. He does that people like. He reviews games. He's on Twitch. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. Is that I, I hope uh, something happens where this gets turned around. Um, I'm not sure he'll be, be able to get a new liver just because on those lists they usually. You know, if, it's hard to give someone a new liver if they know you have cancer. So, man, can we just get to the nanotechnology to heal us better so these cancers get er- eradicated? I feel like 30 to 50 years from now, th- most of this shit will be taken care of. But my, my generation has been the one that missed out on all these technological medical discoveries and uh, nanotech and things of that nature and stem cells that we're just getting a handle on now. I feel like in the future, hopefully, that sort of treatment's We'll just inject you with a bunch of fucking little nanites that go in and repair cells for you. And then cancer is wiped out. That's basically what cancer is, is mutations of your cells that don't work properly anymore. Um, yeah. I wish you the best of luck, Total Biscuit. Um, I'm hoping that you, good or bad, whatever happens, you enjoy you enjoy uh, your life going forward and that your family and friends... Um, can enjoy the last moments with you as well. And uh hope and according to him, he's already out sort of outlived the life expectancy of, of someone with his condition. So, you know, here's to you, sir. I don't know how I'd handle it, but you're handling it looks like as best you possibly could. Let's see what else is uh going on in the world here. Hashtag not so common. Again, this is not this is non gaming topics. So I'm not gonna cover like the I am eight foot reveal of the Mega Man two and Mega Man X cards. That'll be a week from now. Uh, Nuclear prostate. Great name. Ass discuss. Good Goodfellas. Great movie. Good, good uh, ma- mafia crime thing going on uh, at Jeff Gilliatt. Uh, Bill Cosby. Well, Bill Cosby finally got convicted, right? Of a uh, sexual assault. It was a mistrial at first. And then this is a guy that was, connected to what at least a dozen a dozen um allegations of sexual assault or rape in the past and uh yeah bad stuff giving women drugs and quaaludes quaaludes is it even alleged anymore allegedly no he got convicted of at least one account of it right um, he may not spend any time in prison because I think he's like almost blind now. So they might, they might just say, well, you know, his quality of life sucks. He won't be able to survive in prison. But um, I think this is a, a it's important just to remember this though, is that it took decades for these stories to come out and for women to believe him. And when I see people respond to like, for example, of me and Ian talk about a person we used to know and a sexual assault allegations that, the reason why this is different in terms of burden of proof is because, first of all, for for so many years and in a lot of cultures still, women are not believed when they say they've been assaulted or, or, or raped. They're just not believed. On top of the fact that it's so hard because of the, the intense shame they often feel that it happened to them. And this is also, this isn't just me just postulating. I know people that bad stuff's happened to and they feel ashamed even to talk about it. 
they feel like it was either it was their fault or they feel like something like it's just nothing proper to even discuss sometimes a, a sexual assault or a rape it's tough to even talk about it to have the strength to but then to tell an authority about it and then to be believed and then to go through it again to recount it to someone multiple times this is not like someone getting getting shot this isn't like getting robbed this isn't where the evidence is out there like if someone gets murdered or something's stolen the evidence is there you see it there it's undeniable that someone got shot it's undeniable something got stolen especially if they find that you know that item with the robber like okay the evidence is there sexual assault and rape is such a crime that a lot of it is by believing the victim like you have to start there you have to start with believing the victim's word there's no body to see or report about there's there's no like the burden of proof uh is so much harder that I don't think when people say, well, I want to see the evidence before I decide. What fucking evidence are you first going to just just dole out? Where's the, where's the fucking body you can wheel out from the morgue? There isn't one. So, like, these women, a lot of these women were afraid to talk for years or they weren't believed. So, th- think about that. And this is for, obviously, someone famous, too. So it makes it tougher to be believed. Bill Cosby was a family man. He had the biggest sitcom in the 80s, Cosby Show. I watch it. You watch it. He was a, he was a jello pudding pop guy. So think about all these factors for these women to come out. So it's not easy to do this, to come out after you've been sexually assaulted and to say, that person did it. Because you may not be believed, maybe laughed at, scoffed at, saying, oh, well, you're just doing it for fame, which, Jesus Christ, um, we look at the statistics in terms of people that make up rape claims. It's not that many because most of the time you have absolutely fucking nothing to gain, but potential ridicule. You may say, well, this guy's famous. Think about the vast majority of people that are assaulted, sexually assaulted or raped. They got nothing to fucking gain by coming out and saying that nothing personal gain. Cause they, cause they know that they were going to be shamed or laughed at, or sometimes people go after the victims. A lot of fucking shady shit happens because people, for some reason, people want to think that men can rape someone or sexually assault someone. Like they don't think that's a thing that can possibly happen. I don't know why. I mean, I've known I've known several several women that bad things have happened to. It's a it's a it's a disheartening statistic in terms of the percentage of women that have been raped or sexually assaulted in the populace. It's it's a disheartening percentage. It's not a small minority either. It's a, it's it's. I've seen statistics where it's twenty to twenty five percent of women have have had some sort of assault experience, and that's that makes your stomach turn when you realize there's some bad actors out there, a lot of bad people. But anyway, so that just made me think of that. Cosby's eighty. Uh, he did a lot of this stuff. It sounds like over from the seventies up until you know ten years ago, and um, he probably won't go to prison. You know, because he's blind. I don't know how he got to be blind. I don't know if he's faking that he's blind. But, you know, I just thought I thought about that. I, I think I like, want to educate people about just people. Say, oh, why did they go to the police early? Why don't you do that? Yeah, you're not a you're not a fucking 100 pound woman. So, like, if, if you're a, a man, most men would be like, yeah, I would have said something right away. Well, you have the mentality where you won't be victimized because it's hard to victimize like, a, you know, a 200 pound man than it is like a 100 pound woman or 130 pound woman. You know, I I. I see my female friends walking around where they're like 120 pounds, 130 pounds, 110 pounds. And I, I said, you carry a weapon on you, right? Like you just have a weapon on you just in case, like a pepper spray. Because I can't imagine going out there with I, what I know about how some men act, not having some sort of defense item for someone that outweighs you 80 pounds, 100 pounds. There's not a hell of a lot you can do to fight back once the weight classes are that far apart. I don't care if you're training like the Black Widow or, or Ronda Rousey. Someone outweighs you by 100 pounds. This guy get a hold of you and it's basically over. So the strength differential is too much. So, man, I feel like i got to buy all my female friends tasers now. Um, for, for Just for me to feel better, not even them. Uh, women out there, learn some Muay Thai. Use elbows, use knees. Go for the neck, the balls, the eyes, scratch and claw. If someone gets a hold of you, or if you're in a situation that you want to get out of, and the guy's fucking being physical with you, it's Jesus Christ. It's just, man, it's disheartening. Women, women should get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to um, being believed when this stuff happens. That makes me an asshole or an SJW for saying that. I don't know. Look in the mirror and ask what would happen if you had a, a friend or uh, your wife 
your girlfriend, your sister, your mom, if they came to you and said, oh, I was attacked or raped, would you say, well, let me see the evidence of that? Or would you at least believe them at first? Because they came to you and they're fucking distraught and crying. Which one would you do as an objective guy? Would you give someone the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're telling the truth about their story? That maybe it was difficult for them to even get the courage to, to admit something that they thought might, would be shameful or troubling for someone else to listen to. All right, that's it for, on that topic. Um, someone asked, am I going to talk about my beef with Matt Pat? I don't have a beef with Matt Pat. We had a falling out back in like 2012. Maybe I'll talk about why that happened someday. You know, it was a falling out. There's no beef right now. I'm sure if I saw the guy, we'd say hi and go about our business. But he wants nothing to do with, with, with me. I want nothing to do with him, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If he asked him, he probably wouldn't say that, though, because you got to put on a happy smile f- face for your for your empire. Uh, da, da, da. Any good Netflix recommendations? I have none. I don't know what's going on. Uh, let's see. I've been watching... Uh, oh, Mad Men. Fantastic. I talked about it with Ian. Mad Men's a great show. I binged Mad Men and probably got behind writing like two weeks because I just binge-watched you know, all seven seasons. I watched the first couple when it was first on. Uh... Why do you sound constipated whenever you say limited edition or sealed? Well, when I say sealed, I don't sound constipated. Well, that's the shop at home guy. That's, uh, what's his name? Don West, shop at home. Uh, this is from that Picard maker, M maker. Do you ever see yourself ending the Path of the Punk series or have you thought about your life after you after YouTube? I have a life outside of YouTube, actually. I, I mean, we want to be technical about it. Stuff like the book is... There's nothing to do with YouTube. I have other business ventures coming out that really have nothing to do with YouTube. Um, like the app, and I have a documentary coming out. I'm going to be helping with independent game uh, in the future. I have other business ventures that are kind of not really connected with YouTube at all. So when you look at it that way, I I am going to have life at it after YouTube, whether or not I still do YouTube, which I still, I'm still, still going to do YouTube. And Pat the NA's Punk ain't dead yet. Wired article notwithstanding second time I use notwithstanding this podcast but it's not it's not dead yet uh, for sure and, and I'm, I'm gonna get into Twitch either way I'm putting off getting into Twitch I'm gonna get into it this is from at Katakora42 how about Facebook getting a dating feature yikes well that's a good idea uh, with the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff and you know fucking developers stealing information from Facebook and maybe with that information maybe helping swing an election uh, that happened in 2016 yeah, you're really going to put your fucking dating information on Facebook so people can know exactly what you're t- talking to people about and who you like. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that, how dumb of an idea that is. But from what I read, it's going to be separate. You're going to have a separate Facebook dating profile from your regular one, and you won't be able to match with anyone on your friends list at all. And I guess you'll have a different messaging system that you'll only be able to send texts in that messaging system. I don't know if this is a good idea because it's Facebook... And if you don't know someone on your friends list, maybe it's a friend or a friend, it just sounds like a weird idea. And maybe we'll get into something where you'll by accident switch to the other profile and say something you shouldn't or post something. I think this is an awful idea. And Facebook has to get their shit together as is in terms of tightening up their data and where that shit's going with the whole, again, just read into the Cambridge uh, uh, Analytica stuff. It's not fucking good that all this information got wiped off siphoned off uh, Facebook and has been used by these other companies. So just not good. I have no interest in a Facebook dating uh, service. I mean, there's enough out there. You got fucking Tinder and Bumble and, and, and free websites. Now, Facebook, you can say there's more people on that site. I don't know. It just seems weird combining the two. I, I wouldn't do it on myself. I say that now until I'm desperate. <laughs> uh... NBA playoff predictions. Well, I just saw Toronto Raptors choke to the fucking Cavaliers. And by the way, I'm pissed off. I know they had a, a great season. They overachieved. Um, the Pacers should have won that series against the Cavs in the first round. They, they gave up two games easily that they had won. Just they fucking choked. Yeah, I hate LeBron James still. I hate, I hate LeBron James. I'm sorry. You have chosen one fucking tattoo in your own body. You call yourself the king. You're fucking just arrogant. I, I, I'm i sorry. Sorry you are. And you had two of your three titles gifted to you. Well, you shouldn't have won. You shouldn't have won two out of three. You should be fucking one in seven. Mm. I still like the fact that Dirk Nowinski single-handedly beat you in 
Dwayne Wade. It's fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, that young girl getting... This is from at jbenefiel24. That young girl getting bullied on Twitter for wearing a prom dress she bought in Chinatown. Um, when, you get, when, you get, when you start saying people culturally appropriate, it's so vague about what's cultural appropriation, what's not. I don't give a shit if someone wears a prom dress. Then, then again, I'm not Chinese. If someone wore some sort of like Italian dress or I don't know, some Italian fashion, I don't fucking care. But then again, that's not me. Some people have a right to be upset. I guess you have a right to be upset. But my argument always is, is your energy really going to something that's worthwhile? Do you have to go after this, what, 18-year-old girl? Like, is that really going to accomplish a goddamn thing? You're going to shame this woman, this child almost still, legally a woman now, but barely. Is is that going to accomplish anything? I don't know. It's just, just, just move on. Save your anger for something that, you know, it's not crying wolf, but you... This is when I when I discuss these things with friends that might be not want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Just pick your battles, choose what's what's smart about this. It's not like you know she did she did I did see the one thing where her friends did do the little bowing like hands together little thing and that's kind of kind of weird. But these are these are kids, and it wasn't like she did a version of blackface to me. It was it was a dress. It was a beautiful dress she found. And she's probably a little ignorant or doesn't know any better when it comes to certain things. But in her heart, I think that the, the intent was it not to offend people. And I think the intent and motive matters when you come back to these sort of things or, you know, people that entertain or comedians that do the wrong thing when it comes to racial humor. What's the intent? Is the intent to to, to offend a particular group or is it to uh, use a certain group to make a point that may be offensive but not to that group? I mean... You have to think about context. Context doesn't matter when it comes to these these scenarios. I would give this 18-year-old girl the benefit of the doubt. But then again, I'm not Chinese. And should I be offended by if I was Chinese? I don't know. I, that's a question above my pay grade when it comes to this stuff. But but p- choose your battles. Wait until someone's really doing something offensive or racist and then go after them. I don't think this girl really intended for it to be racist. Well, she's from Utah. They don't know any better. Most people in Utah don't know anyone outside of, 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 of white people. I mean, there's not a lot of non-white people in Utah, right? Is, is she was from Utah? Yeah, I think so. Just the way I guess it is there. I don't know. I, I've, I have no other thing. No, nothing really more deeper to say about that, but pick your battles when you're going after these people and see what their intent is and, and see if, if it's worth it. Uh, the White House, what's your take on the White House correspondence dinner and the so-called controversy? There's no controversy. Just fucking, it's it's supposed to be a roast. The White House correspondence dinner is supposed to be for the association and it's really supposed to highlight uh, giving out journalist journalistic scholarships for kids going to college, I believe. And they've done these forever. Trump hasn't gone to the first two that he could have in 2017 or actually the two or three he hasn't gone to him because he's a you know he's scared of people calling him out on his bullshit and he's narcissistic um but michelle wolf does it she hosts it she's a comedian and and i think that the the the, the correspondence association is even upset with her but you know what you're getting when you hired the woman by the way this is the best publicity for her in her new upcoming netflix show i think and so she's offensive to people she makes fun of uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and she makes fun of obviously Trump and she makes fun of CNN and MSNBC and Fox and uh, what did you expect this woman to do this is what you hired her to do and you're going to take the piss out of the, the press corps you should and the White House and politicians you absolutely should and, it, and this isn't a hypocrisy thing like if you're upset if you're upset that Trump says bad things about people or goes after people it's okay to be upset at him, but not upset when a comedian does it. Because I think a comedian should, is, and should always be held to a different standard of conduct, uh, especially making fun of people's appearance and how they act, versus the president of the United States. The president of the United States should be held to a higher standard. He's the leader of the free world. He's, you know, what people look up to as, oh, this is, you know, the person that can push the button or he he holds the, the the noblest office in the land, if not the nation, so the nation, the land, the nation, the world, in theory. So it's not hypocrisy to think that what Michelle Wolf did was not wrong, but what Trump did, making fun of people's appearances or behavior, or making fun of people uh, reported with a disability, which he has done, that's not hip- hypocritical because the president he's supposed to be stately. He's a politician. 
he should be held to the highest standard of behavior, or at least higher than a comedian that's hired to roast. I don't see why I, that was not a hot take I ever agreed with. That you are, you can criticize a politician or pr- the president for their behavior, for being a sleazeball. I'm not going to criticize a, a, a roaster at a, at a, you know, at a dinner doing that. And you know, Obama went to, the, to these past ones and he roasted uh, people. And hey, if, if Trump wanted to do that, he could have done that. He could have roasted Michelle Wolf right back, and that would have been the proper place to do it. I think the whole thing is weird. I think the correspondence dinner is a circle jerk between the networks. Like, oh, look how cool, important we are. This is our version of the of the Emmys or the Oscars and we can just you know, pat each other in the back. And I don't like politicians and the press corps and, and news organizations getting too chummy with each other anyway, because the press is the defense is basically the barrier between the politicians and the, the elite and the public and the, and the, the humanoids like us. So the press has to keep do their job and make sure that the politicians in the white house and the senators and the congressmen, that they stay in line, that they uncover any graft and corruption and bullshit behavior to protect us, protect us from the bad elements in power, the fourth estate, that whole deal. So it, it kind of bothers me that there's even this correspondence dinner to begin with. You want to give away scholarships and awards? Fucking do that. But don't get all chummy with the with the politicians. I, I, that element bothers me. If you want to do just with the correspondence themselves, the White House Correspondence Association and keep the politicians out of it to me. I think that's bothersome to me in of itself that, you know, I don't want to hear the president get all chummy and make jokes anyway with the, uh, I don't know. I, I think there always should be this line in between the press and politicians. That's my opinion. Is that unreasonable? Who's trying to call me right now? I will call you back in a bit. So yeah, I think that's it. This is kind of a strange announcement con podcast, right? It's been 49 minutes of fun and anarchy, right? No, is there anything else happening? I think I covered everything. Um, check out my sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. You can get the executive razor, six blades. You get four cartridge replacements for only $1. $1 with free shipping. No commitment. Cancel anytime. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat. I got to get more sponsors, but you know what? Dollar Shave Club have been good to me. This is a great razor. I almost took off a lot of stubble without using shaving cream. Uh, I got too close to the skin. This is a good razor. It almost did that. Good thing I pulled back on that. <laughs> Again, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat. And uh, yeah, you could uh, you can get a nice razor, the Humble Twin. You got the executive here for only $1 free shipping. No commitment. Cancel anytime. They have other uh, care products for your hair, for your skin, for your face. They have lots of good stuff. The one white Charlie's that Ian likes talking about. Absolutely. Check it out. That's it for this Not So Common Podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube if you're listening on YouTube. Or remember, you can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or your podcast platform of choice. If you want to leave a message on on the, the YouTube video or leave a comment, you can like the podcast, give it a boost, spread the word on social media that my ramblings are semi-entertaining. Finally, you can help pay the bills, keep these lights on, keep this nice game room going as well uh check out my patreon it's patreon.com slash pat country that helps get keep this going as well as the pat the Ains punk videos and everything else thanks guys and i'll see you next time probably with the guest bye